Welcome to Get Wrecked! Today with you we have our hosts, which are me, Julia, and me, Colleen. Woo! Colleen, what are we drinking today? Today we are drinking frozen margs brought to us by the lovely Ryan Mackham. And if you're thinking to yourself, why are they having their margs delivered to them? It is because we have coronavirus. But the kicker of it all... Our moms both gave it to us. <laughs> we went this entire pandemic not getting Corona. And the moment we go home, our parents give it to us. Out of all people, we were actually being the safest. So. That, know, suck it, mom. <laughs> number one, suck it, mom. Number, <laughs> number two, one. you know what moms did not suck it. No, no, <laughs> God. Not the segue, not the segue. But today. Different segue, different notes. is the MVC wall. Um, this ship is a passenger row row ferry, but way more importantly, a passenger row row ferry. Yeah, roll on, roll off, row row. Row row. Obviously, Colleen. Cool. Um, what you really need to know for this episode, beyond the definition of row row, is it was recommended by our good friend Gabby from ODU. Oh my God! Hi, Gabby. No way. That's awesome. This is a great and horrifying recommendation. So half you suck and half. Oh my god, I miss you. I hope everything's going well. What she said. (laughs) I love you. Um, so number one, most importantly, Gabby, you rock. Number two, the definition of listing, which I will use quite frequently, means that a ship is tilting. So if it's a listing, it means that it's tilted. Why wouldn't you say tilting? Um, because all the notes that I use said listing and I kind of just went with their vocabulary. So I feel like it's a nautical term and I feel like we should respect that. Okay, okay. The last thing is another nautical definition. Tilting means tipping for the non-sailing <laughs> yeah. people. I just realized that. <laughs> like tipping from side to side. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and then the last definition we need to know is ballast, which do you know what ballast means? I do not. Okay, so ballast, from my understanding, <laughs> according to Google, is the way that a ship basically combats listing. So it basically rebalances itself by redistributing water weight in the boat's structure. So if a ship starts leaning one way, a ballast can be moved around to cause it to lean the other way. Basically a keel inside the boat? Basically a keel inside the boat, but okay. with water. A water okay. keel. A water keel with inside water the boat. a waterbed of keel. A waterbed inside the boat that keeps it flat. Yes. Got it. <laughs> Got it. Exactly. So... Built by a Japanese shipping company in 1994, the MVC wall was a 90s girl who started out under six tons. Oh my god, a light girl, skinny girl. I know. Throughout her life, had work done ending up to being seven tons in her glory days. She was originally called, and I'm totally pronouncing this right, the Ferry Nimoni from 1994 to 2012, so a good amount of her life. And then was purchased by the Shanglijin Marine Company and renamed the Ferry Seawall in 2012. Thank God, or I wouldn't be doing this. (laughs) Her new owners renovated her so that her capacity could increase from 804 to 921 passengers. Wow, okay. So she got a little upgrade out of She had a lot of, she did a run through. Got a little thicker with time, you know what I mean? She was also bottom heavy. Ah, having the makes sense. Yeah, in her older days of 11 passengers on the top deck, 484 passengers on the middle deck, 426 passengers on the bottom deck, 180 vehicles on her lowest sea level deck, and 152 Ooh. containers in her storage section. Oh my goodness. I just thought you would like that. Oh my goodness. She tapped out at 21 knots, a quick speed for a ferry, with an average ferry speed being 14 knots in the U.S. in 2010. I can't. That's honestly math. like Evan. We gotta Juan Go gotta go faster. Like yeah, Juan Go, Juan Go's gotta Juan Go faster. <laughs> um, anyway, so like she was 21, they were 14. That's like a seven knot difference. That's pretty impressive. So I mean, like her. yeah. That is very impressive. That's 17 is a right? big jump. No, yeah. seven, seven, not oh. 17. Seven, seven, seven is still, yeah. Seven, like seven, seven is a big jump. Is going yeah. seven knots higher than you. That's If a you're lot. going 17, the guy next to you going to 14, you're going to notice the difference. Yeah. 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 And that's only three knots. It's calling you're great at math. It's seven versus 14. That's seven. No, you said 17 versus 14. Mm, I meant seven versus 14. We'll check the notes later. Okay, see what okay. I said. We'll, we'll come yeah. through. 
Um, so now currently, 10 years later, the average ferry speed is 29 knots. So she was only like a little less than seven below that. So I think seven is kind of the sweet number for ferry Seven is like a sweet number or yeah. one less it's than the devil's number, number. or oh. one more. No, the devil's, oh, it's six. six. Yeah. Yeah. Or is it all the sixes added up? Because <laughs> you always see them together. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we'll, we'll talk about that later. <laughs> Typically, the MVC Wall Ferry sailed a route from Incheon to Jeju and made this trip three times a week. Incheon Damn. is a city outside of the fashion capital Seoul in South Korea, and Jeju is a local resort island people vacation to. And we always have accurate pronunciations here. We <laughs> pride ourselves on that. We have never mispronounced anything in our lives. Ever. <laughs> Uh, it was 250 <laughs> miles, which is like sailing from Tampa to Key West. Okay. I actually did look this up in nautical mileage. So it is it is like sailing from Tampa to Key West. Which Wish I had a better sense far. of geography. Um, well, it took 13 and a half hours to complete. Damn. So, so that's like... Yeah. My drive to Chicago. Yeah, it's like your drive to Chicago. Damn, I'd much rather be in a boat. Yeah, same. I'd yeah. rather sail that. Um, Sucks but doable. It's tough to do every day. And... Yeah, exactly. But the difference here is that um, Jeju is to South Korea, like Key West is to Florida in terms of like vibe. So Ooh. Jeju is like a little vacation island. It was a fun mainland. little town. Yeah. yeah, it's like a place where like if we went to South, if, if we went to Key West, it would be like, whoa, here we are on the Ooh. island. Like we're not really in America. We're an island, man. <laughs> yeah. So it's kind of like the same idea. So. The seawall's average route was that of an attitude of comfort and leisure for her guests, transporting them between their work slash home to this little southern Korean island. So a quaint little fairy tale esque. I love quaint fairy tale places. You're welcome. <laughs> it's about to get so much worse. Oh, thank God. Thanks, Gabby. Yeah. <laughs> On April 16th, 2014, the MV Seawall Ferry set out for its normal sailing route between Inchon and Jeju, as we've discussed. The majority. 325. Per my previous email. Per the previous email, they set out for their normal sailing route. I wish that was my previous email. Um, the majority, which was 325, of the guests on this April 16th trip were high school students from Dewan High School oh, no. in Anson City. Yeah, Gabby, you can thank for this. this oh, is all no. direct. I didn't even pick this. Okay. They were going on a school-sponsored field trip to the island, accompanied by chaperones, which were mostly parents and teachers. Wait, 325, you said? Kids, yeah. Okay, yep. Yeah, which was, like, honestly just a little less than my high school. My (laughs) entire high school. (laughs) Oh, my God. Continue. Aboard, she had a little under 500 people. She had a total of 476 people for the trip. Oh, God, so literally, like, all so that's of them are the kids. my high school, yeah. Basically, everyone that boat's a child, okay, yep. Yeah. And is, are there any survivors? Uh, additionally, she was carrying 175 cars and 1,100 tons of cargo. Although she was sanctioned to carry 956 people, including crew, she was far below that for this trip with about less than 500 people. But the amount and we, uh, excuse me, the amount of vehicles and cargo she was carrying put her, of course, decently over the legal limit of weight come on guys like yeah. it's there I for mean, a reason if we've learned anything in this podcast it's like for serial killers you never open the door or let a policeman come to your car in the yeah. night yeah and for shipwrecks it's like just listen to the maritime laws just listen, listen. when they yeah. tell you a certain weight or a certain depth or a certain storm or like, happening, yeah certain like weather advisory just you listen hear there's a hurricane use your common sense and do not go sailing jesus also Christ. if your boat has sunk once it's probably gonna sink again yeah that's yeah. a good rule it's never good after the first time yeah just go through life like that <laughs> <laughs> Um, so as we've seen many a time on Get Wrecked, she set sail with three times the legal limit of cargo and less than a third of the amount of required ballast. Uh, so she didn't even have the system properly yeah, set up the to water bed. weigh her out. She didn't have the waterbed. Yeah. yeah. She was supposed to have a king and she only had a twin. Yeah. Yeah. Barely a little twin. A little tweep. <laughs> More red signal flags would be in the shape of the captain and crew who were problematic to say the least. Captain Lee Jun-suk was hired on a one-year contract to replace Captain Shin, who had recently annoyed the ferry's owners to their last straw by consistently, here we go, asking to repair her steering gears, (laughs) more money for the crew's safety training, 
Which, guess how much the budget of the safety training for the crew was? How much? And this was in 2010. Oh, so this was recently. This is like relatively. So it's not even inflation. Like yeah, a little. I mean, inflation. obviously some inflation. Yeah, yeah, obviously some inflation. How much? For the crew's entire, the entire crew. And the big one, like, like ten thousand like people. Five thousand. Two dollars. They just printed out certificates. They paid two dollars to print them certificates that said, "Here's your training." Stop it. I'm dead serious. Oh my god. Um, all of my sources will be in the notes of this description. The show notes. So you can check. Yeah. yeah, the show notes. They spent $2 on a paper certificate. And the captain even reported the ferries company to the Inchon Port Authority. And they told him the report would be given directly to and handled by the ferry shipping line. But like basically the issues were all brushed under the rug. And then the captain was Damn. Just like fired for that. They were just like, shut up. Isn't that crazy? They didn't even pay for actual safety training. That's, I'm horrified for what's to come. If you're ever on a boat, don't trust anyone. Well, that's, always yeah. Always have an exit plan on have your Have you own. not seen Always Sunny? It's always the implication. It's always the implication. <laughs> just assume you're going to die on every boat you're on. Yeah. It's a lot easier that way when you just give yourself up like that. I agree. Um, so for the April 16th sale, Captain Lee Jun-suk was accompanied by a team of 33 inexperienced part-time crew members part-time. to support vessel and passenger operations. A recipe for success. Yeah. <laughs> what could go wrong? <laughs> With her guests, overloaded cargo, insufficient ballast, shady captain, and of course, experienced crew abroad, the MVC wall set out at 6.30 p.m. for her peaceful, zero-issues routine trip. What could possibly go wrong? I'm sure a casual 16 trip. <laughs> 16 hour trip. Throughout the night, the ship sailed peacefully under rotating watch from the crew. In the morning, the third mate, homegirl Park Han Kool, and her helmsman Chu Ju Ki took over watch and prepared the ferry to cross the main Jol Channel, known for its rock hazards, shallow waters, and thick currents. Oh my. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> While the currents caused Cho under Park's orders to switch the steering form autopilot to manual. The waves were not even a foot tall, the current was not particularly rough, and the ferry was out of the way of any immediate hazards. They breezed by in the early hours of the morning. Oh no! Uh, at 8.46 a.m., traveling at 18 knots over a course of 136 degrees, Park ordered Cho to change the course 5 degrees to 140 degrees. That's a big change. Yeah, it is. In a narrow place, too, yeah. In a narrow little place. <laughs> Checking the radar. <laughs> she realized the course was still a bit off, so she told Cho to adjust the course another 5 degrees to be at 145 degrees. So 10 degrees now. Yeah, so 10 degrees, 10 degrees off. And again, there's like nothing wrong with the weather, not really any waves, but they did have to just switch from their autopilot to a manual. So now they are with themselves at their hands, relying on their forces to steer them. Ooh, okay. Yeah. Never trust the manpower. So Cho turned the steering wheel to the right to make this adjustment, but the ship kept turning right and got to 145 degrees before she completed this turn. So this part is going to get kind of confusing, and I'll explain it again. But basically, it's like, you know when you're swinging... And if I intend to swing and get myself in this swing over right here, well, she's in front over, of this, she oversteered. I'm gonna, I'm gonna steer past it. She overstood. Yeah, yeah. Just naturally the, the wheel might spin a little. And also, like, and if you with don't current, prepare for an oversteer, yeah, like, yeah. it can easily happen. Or like you, can, it. I totally make sense. You over, you oversteer an attack. You go into it thinking that you're knocked. You're not. Like it's the same idea. You push the rudder a little too far over, and you end up lower than you wanted to be. Yeah. Yeah. And right, she thought she turned it enough, but really the force she used combined with the elements yeah. changes something. Yeah. I totally get that. So, realizing the boat was turning too fast to the right, Park ordered Cho to spin the wheel to the left to balance out the turn. So, as the boat was still spinning to the right, it yeah. hadn't even completed. She was, like, swinging it the other way to be like, oh, shit, we need to turn. So, he spun the wheel three times to get it back to 140, but this indicates the ship had actually turned to 155 instead of 145. So, it was, like, 15 degrees off what it was Damn. supposed to be. Yeah, which for, like, a big-ass cargo ship and, like, in a channel. Yeah. It's not a tight channel, but it's a channel. It's a channel. There's still limits. Yeah, there's a know? reason, like, yeah. Unless you're out in that open sea, no sandbar, you've always got something to look yeah. over your shoulder for. So, this is a bit confusing on the whole, but it's safe to say some steering errors were made that caused the boat it to It is safe to rapidly. say, yeah. It's very safe to say. 
Combined with its lack of balance and abundance of weight, this turn was not ideal. Turning this sharply in such a short amount of time caused cargo to fall, which affected the distribution of weight on the ship, causing the ferry to tilt 10 degrees further, and now it's at 150 degrees, according to my notes. But again, this is a lot of math, and maybe I'm just nodding. I'm agreeing. This moves the story. Anyway, yeah, math doesn't matter. Degrees. Yeah, I'm telling everyone. You heard it. They heard it first. The ship's tilting degrees is back and forth. Yeah. At this point, passengers reported hearing a loud bang. So really, like they're in a channel. They're going. Oh, so through, someone survives. Tight channel. Okay. But um, they're like, you know, the ship is tilting back and forth at like pretty substantial, not wildly substantial, but like notably large degrees. Uh, As a passenger, you would get seasick from just the way how back and forth they went. I have an anxiety so attack, like, and I like the like the boats. Yeah, <laughs> I'm not even afraid of that, and that would scare I me. I understand that boats tip. I get it. So passengers heard a loud bang, tilting into the water. The NVC well was doing, tilting another 20 degrees. <laughs> so then she became wildly oversteered by 8.49 a.m. And all, all of this, all we've been talking about, the steering back and forth, all happened in like a two-minute window. Damn. It was very fast. That's, so again, they were yeah. more rapid. Like that's why you just hear this noise and feel this wake is because it's so quickly back and forth shaking. Why well, can't you usually give it a second and then turn it back? Uh, they're in a channel, bro. They're panicking. Channel panic. The channel fever. <laughs> Off-duty helmsman Oh Young Suk was thrown out of his bed across the room at this time, waking him up. So at 8.49 a.m. The captain and the shipmates and the helmsman ran to the bridge, then the captain to the engine room. In the engine room, the captain found Cho cutting the engines and Park crying at 9.06 a.m. It is recorded that this guy was crying, which I just think, like, imagine you're part of this horrible incident and someone's like, this little bitch is crying. Yeah, like, that's, like, something that got written down into history. Yeah, what time you started you crying? crying at 9.06 a.m. Not helping, just crying. Crime, just crying. You caused an issue and you were crying about it. Yep, yeah, yep, so that's a confirmation. So the cut of the engines caused the ship to lose all maneuverability, and it began drifting sideways, tilting even further. Why'd they cut so, like, the engine? Why'd they cut the engine? Right. I think they were just trying to get it not to swing, because I think the boat was essentially, like, swinging downwards or, like, into a spiral. So it's, if they like, didn't cut the engines, it would keep with that momentum. Yeah, but still. You just, like, like, switch it back. Like, Why would you ever turn off the engine of a cargo ship? Ever? Well, like... You have to give me a really good mermaid <laughs> siren. <laughs> like, I need an alien UFO to yeah. like, come down and land on your ship for you to cut the engines. I'm not saying it's a no, but I'm saying you've really got to like, pull stretch. out stuff yeah. for me. Yeah. So anyway, he was crying. It was <laughs> tilting. Reports of a loud bang were made by passengers again. And yeah, they felt this tilt. So at this time, a crew member before consulting the safety handbook spoke over the intercom. So again, this is like as the captain's finding Park crying. This is as the ship is tilting. This official says, do not move. Stay where you are. It is dangerous if you move, so please stay put. And then when the water began flooding the cabins, the crew still advised the passengers to stay put. I'm so sorry that we all know where this is going. While this was being spoken at the intercom at 8.52 a.m., a call was made to the Mokpo Coast Guard, which was... I just think this is kind of funny. It was 119, not 911. Yeah, that's kind of funny. Their number is 119. Oh, God. What, what's going to happen? Why? Yeah, Do they man. listen? Do they not move? Okay, well, not all students listen. I'll give you that. So a student called 119 Choi, and Choi provided the latitude and longitude like the bad bitch she is. And she's actually credited, like, in all sources with beginning the rescue mission. Damn, that's awesome. So this awesome. random ass student is given, like, full credit of, like, you're Damn, the reason that's why awesome. she's being rescued. Yeah, which I think is really good for her. So anyway, anyway though... Choi, the student who basically helped save the lives of all of his classmates, like he's credited with this start, was later found trapped and dead in his cabin <gasps> because he listened. No! Yeah. No! Yeah. I know. Oh my God! So three minutes later at 8.55 a.m. So again, this is while Park is crying, the engines are cut, the captain's dealing with this. This is all going on. This is awful. The ferry's crew had called Jeju's Vessel Traffic Services to ask for assistance. The Coast Guard responded and dispatched a patrol vessel at 8.58 a.m. Meanwhile, the crew contacted the Jindo Vessel Traffic Service at 9.07 a.m. So now we're caught up in real time with everyone. 
9.07 a.m. And this service, so basically all you need to know about this is that a bunch of people were radioing each other back and forth. Jindo's vessel traffic service eventually at 9.14 a.m. knew that the ferry was indeed capsizing. So all of these like police boats and vessel tows and like private and commercial, all this jazz are all like talking together about getting this vessel saved. Yeah. A crew member told this traffic service that the ship's angle of heel made evacuation impossible. A simply untrue and uneducated statement. What? And this is probably when the traffic service knew that they were hecked. So a crew member, someone aboard the ship, said that their tilt was that where you couldn't help anymore. And this was like the tilt at the at the beginning. That's I mean, it's like bad. It's like this is like kind of the beginning though. So you see how it's like it's like halfway. That's pretty bad. Becomes, but this is like it's it's definitely like hard. No one would argue that. That's not one. But yeah, so like this. Yeah, but like it sucks, but like it's doable. It's not like the Titanic where it's like vertical up and down in the air. No, it's like it looks like it's slowly tipping to its side. It looks like it's it's like a really slow caps. It's a really slow turtle. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it's a very slow turtle. So you could still I mean, and even if a boat turtled, you could still go save people, goddamn. I'm like so I don't understand why this was an issue, but anyway, that was an issue. So now we're going to really dig into the timeline of events. So this is when I'm going to keep you on track with these minutes. Anyone listening who doesn't enjoy timelines, you're not about to have a good time. So I don't know what to As tell someone you. who loves an itinerary, I'm excited. If you do like an itinerary, this next part is yeah. for you. <laughs> so a few minutes past 9, 18 a.m., the crew reported to VTS. And again, VTS is the vessel traffic service. Yeah. So these guys are like the evacuation people. They're the ones who are going to like help save this ferry. They have the Coast Guard, basically. And I'm going to, ref- yeah, I'm going to refer to VTS like that. So just VTS is the Coast Guard. Evacuation, VTS. But we will talk about the Coast Guard, too. Yeah, but like whatever. But they're an equivalent of Coast yeah. Guard. Yeah, sure. That the ferry was healing for more than 50 degrees to port. VTS responded to the crew at, so 918, they responded it was healing. 923, they responded that they should inform passengers to wear personal flotation devices. They have to tell them to tell them that? Yeah. So, number one, no one ever told them that. Oh, my God. They just said, stay in your cabins. And we're still on the stay in your cabin vibe. But they basically said that they should, they told the crew to personally inform the passengers to wear personal flotation devices. So, basically, like, they asked them to do it on the intercom and also to, like, go to as many as they could and be like, wear your device. You saw the picture of the boat, though. That's what it looked like at, like, 920 was the second picture I showed you. How would you not already told them? They're tilted sideways. It is literally so... literally tilted sideways. Again, like, get an image of it. The boat's on its side. Like, Like, they're tipped 50 degrees You would be standing on your walls. Like, 50 degrees support means what it sounds like. Like, you're literally, like, halfway, almost halfway tipped over. Yeah, you're over 90 degrees tipped. Yeah. You're almost, I'm sorry, you're over halfway to 90. Yeah. So, at 9.30, the captain informed VTS that he would decide to go ahead with an evacuation and told his crew to inform all passengers to put on PDFs, PFDs, and get a safety boat. So now, so just now, and you saw how told you that boat was. So, now he's telling them to go get evacuated. It's oh like, my how is evacuation God. even possible at this point? With news of the evacuation, VTS radioed all nearby ships to drop their lifeboats and get to the MVC wall for rescue because, of course, the MVC wall was not prepped with enough lifeboats. Naturally, of prepped, course. I meant prepared. But prepped, prepped, prepared, all of those things. MVC they were net of them, have. yeah. Like, they literally had an overabundance of cargo, inexperienced crew. No experience, no, not enough life jackets, not enough safety boats. Like, oh this God. is crazy. This is really a great idea. It, it's like, how the heck does anyone have a job? How are any of us alive with jobs? Like, this is wild to me. Um, so this would be the last thing that VTS would hear from MVC wall. Was that request for more lifeboats? Damn. That was the last thing. So, in the chaos of communication, this mandate was not communicated to all passengers, and rather the crew provided mixed messages to guests on board, still telling some to stay in their cabins and getting others into lifeboats. So, this literally was happening where some crew members were putting people in lifeboats and some were saying stay. And, like, people were looking around being like, my neighbor just got out, but I don't. Like, what's going on? I would leave. Yeah, I would absolutely leave. But, like, that's crazy to me. While this was happening and people were running aboard, passengers tried to communicate with one another, but all their service was also gone on the ship. 
Some communications that happened right before the cell service was cut off were texts sent out by students. Because again, these are all people. It's 2010. Oh my God, they're people babies. Have one, sis, one student's sister reported messages sent between 9.30 to 9.39 to the government. It said, quote, sis, something's wrong with the ferry. Quote, huh? What's going on? Quote, just heard booms. Dot, dot, dot. I love you. Sorry I haven't been good to you. Please tell mom too. I love you. She responded, what do you mean? Just answer the phone. He said, the phone's not working. I'm going to find dad. <gasps> and that was the last. Oh my God, does he die? Yes. Oh! Passenger's mother gave her official text between her son and between her and her son aboard 927, which read, quote, Mom, this might be the last chance to tell you I love you. She responded, why is that? I love you anyway. Oh. No response. No response. No response. Oh, my God. I know. So these were all little students. Like, they're just literally to give you, babies. They're babies. Their moms, they they love just wanted them. to text their mom and their siblings. And there's, like, so many texts of these just being, like, well, ruin me, thanks. Yeah, it was miserable. Thanks, Gabby. (laughs) With the ship on its side in the water, some people stayed in their cabins and others rushed to the lifeboats. Though the crew had informed everyone to stay in their cabins, Captain Lee, Cho, first and second makes were among the first people to be rescued. Shut Didn't up! Didn't go down with this Didn't goddamn go down ship! Didn't go down with the fucking ship! That's the number one rule! That's the only Everyone rule! Everyone here better go down. If your ship ever sinks, I hope if I hear you your obituary. You're getting the captain's license and you're going just down with that die. ship. Just yeah. to die that way. That's it. I just respect an honorable death, you know? I do respect God, an honorable death. What a piece death. of shit. They literally told people to evacuate. To stay and then they don't leave no you should die no, no if you're yeah, exactly. them not to evacuate a sinking ship then you're the first to evacuate you're a piece of shit and you should have drowned you should never evacuate before others evacuate if you're the captain like, if you're ever. the captain you yeah the very last yeah, ever just if you're a person on a ship let other people go yeah like <laughs> Be the really person. like think about special? it are you worth it you're yeah like that important are you that much better <laughs> advice from get wrecked stay wrecked <laughs> get, no get wrecked get wrecked and stay that way <laughs> so by 9.45 a.m., 150-ish passengers and crew jumped overboard, timed well to the Coast Guard ships and helicopters that began to arrive on scene. Damn. So, you know, 150, that's like a third. While most students obeyed the announcement to stay in their cabins, some disobeyed, climbing to the top of the ship or jumping in the water to be rescued, which saved their lives. Oh Yet, God. even as water began rushing through the cabins, most students still ended up obeying orders. The last cell service message sent from the cabin was at 10.17, less than 30 minutes after people began, like, fully abandoning ship or being, like, drowned. Wait, do you know what it said? No, I don't know what it okay. said, but so you're welcome Thank on that you. One. Okay. I don't know yeah. that one. At this point, the ship is reported to have been tilted 60 degrees in the water. So, I think what they mean... Okay, honestly, I should have done a better job, but, but I honestly, it sucks because they could have still gotten out. Yeah. I mean, <sighs> yeah. Yeah, they could. We're going to get to this. And what I'm showing, Colleen, is this upside down picture. This happens, like, pretty soon. It happens, like, an hour after the sinking. So, so basically, like, this, um, what she's showing the picture of is the boat completely upside down. Like, like fully turned. 180, like, completely, the top of the boat is underwater and the bottom of the boat is out of water. A boat can actually sink just on its side. Like, a boat can stay sinking always on its side. Yeah, it doesn't have to like actually flip completely over. It doesn't have to flip. Yeah, but this boat, because of how heavily unbalanced it was completely killed which over. is unheard it's pretty much unheard of for a boat that size to complete these hurdle yeah yeah and it also means that there's like absolutely no chance of survival for the people under because you're fighting against the pressure of not only the boat but the water too yeah so it's like so the water's rushing in and gravity and you're just getting mm-hmm. pushed down and you're getting pushed right it's not like it's going to the side with you where if your boat was sinking sideways you'd have like a better chance at least like a few minutes of a better chance because for this you have to basically just swim down a ton swim out and then up and then hope you like swim out enough yeah, and this is a big ship. So, anyway, it just, like, it sucks. It's all around a bad situation. Ugh, so many things wrong. Yeah, children dying. Never a good thing. So, the Ministry of Oceans and Fishery in South Korea <laughs> declared the accident to be the highest level of emergency regarding naval in- accidents. And this incident actually called... Co- oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> And this Take two. incident actually caused the Central Accident Response Headquarters to be founded later on. So Damn. because of this one sea crash, there was a whole ministry founded, which 
I mean, that speaks. Usually, happens when hundreds of children die. It should. There should always be a ministry found. There should be a yes, minimum, minimum, minimum. At 9.45 a.m., a helicopter did a first round of rescues for people aboard, but just one hour later from the initial distress signal by 10 a.m., so not one hour later, 15 (laughs) minutes later, (laughs) the MVC wall was completely uh, below water on its side, with water flooding through half of its windows and hatches. Damn. At this time, the Coast Guard took a picture of the ferry completely on its side, with people being rescued running along the ship's side to be rescued by helicopters. God, I'm so good at writing. Now the crew's ignorant message that people could not be saved was becoming truth as rescuers could no longer get into the boat as it began to rapidly turtle. Okay, so this is what we're talking about. Yeah. So again, last message was sent at 10.17. The boat's beginning to turtle a little after 10 a.m. So like, shit was fast. As the ship completely tilts upside down, rescuers continue to take place until the ferry is fully capsized by 10.23 a.m. So remember, this all began at like 9 a.m. That's insane. That's and in, it's 10.23. Less than two hours. Literally less than two hours and a ship is fully turtled. Fully over. And But honestly, there's enough time for them to get out. Like It gets to a point where they don't listen. I'm not blaming the dead people. I'm blaming the, the, the captains, obviously, but that's crazy. It's crazy to me that they listened. And I mean, yeah. they were teenagers. They weren't like... I mean, they were kids. They, they were, were taught to listen. Some of them were like 13. So, you're right. They were always taught to listen their entire lives. And I guess when you're scared, it's like just following what you're told yeah. to do if you don't know any better. No, you know? I mean, you're a child. You don't know. Yeah. So that's what's so sad about it. Because it's honestly like if this was a cruise ship of like regular people... Who knows? You, yeah. You'd hope more people would have gotten out who knows by 10 30 the entire country and soon the world knew this incident and all hands literally were on deck though moving as fast as possible it wouldn't be until that afternoon that more military people were dispatched at 2 42 p.m so hours later 110 military officials and 40 militant scuba divers from the republic of korea army special warfare command arrived you're just at that point on a rest uh, like a Salvage. Right, you're just you're, getting like you're the getting bodies. bodies. Yeah, yeah, you are. Which, like, oh my god, can you imagine going into a situation? Be like, I'm going to you're swim not even down going to get children's bodies. Rescuers. It's one thing to go down looking for survivors, but like finding dead bodies, like that's part children's of children's dead bodies. But when you go down exclusively, solely for children's dead bodies, oh my god, 114 Republic of Korea Naval Special Warfare Flotilla and 82 medical personnel were also sent to the scene. So a lot of different militant forces. Everyone who was anyone was deployed to this wreck, especially considering the majority of passengers were minors. Yeah. Rescue and wreck management operations continued into the dark until 8 p.m. that night. Also, I think wreck management operations is what I really want to get into. If anyone knows how to broach <laughs> that field, I don't want to do insurance. I want yeah. wreck management. Right, I'm here for it. Yeah. yeah. So if someone finds that for me, thank you. At midnight's efforts picked back up with hull investigations performed with flares by the Coast Guard. More divers came from both private companies and additional Navy members until the total amount of divers on site by 7 a.m. on April 18th was 555 <gasps> divers, which is more people than there were aboard. Damn. Isn't that crazy? That's like, I'm glad they're there and to like, help. You know but... how expensive this shit is versus how cheap it would have been to just fix the ship yeah. to begin with? Yep. If they just like literally paid to have less cargo or like ate oh. that. Not to, not even to mention the lives, just strictly because they're going for like, how cheap can we get on this? It's like, you know how expensive this is? How many lives? Which is worse, obviously. <laughs> <laughs> Though Japan and the U.S. offered support for the rescue and the wreck, South Korea denied it. The rescue mission preceding the immediate wreckage ended up being as much of a mess as a wreck itself. The country's president approved a plan to find more information on the wreck and recover the bodies. So, like, literally the president was involved in that series of an accident. The program was expected to take 18 months, costing 91 to $137 million. Oh, my God. You know how Biden is, like, trying to approve whatever, like, a $100 million deal right now? I don't even, I think it's a billion. But anyway, whatever. That's just crazy to me that this president was like, yep, bada bing, bada boom. Of course we're going to spend that much to figure this out. My God, how ridiculous. So the series of unfortunate events that follows is so. The wreck happens and the ship is sunk 
by April 17th at 10.30 a.m. So that's the official time that the wreck was completely submerged. Yeah. So again, it just started tilting. That's insane. At like 9 a.m. And that's less than two hours later, it completely it's sunk. It's completely sunk. And it's a huge ship. And there's no chance it's of survivors. It's not even like a little yeah. tiny ship. No chance of survivors. Yeah. Isn't that like that's so the sad. most brutal thing you've ever heard? Oh, like That's, that's so awful. brutal to me. And it's almost like at least if it was like, uh, this is going to sound so bad, but if it was like a bomber, it would be like, oh my God, this horrible person with these horrible intentions. But this was just like greed collectively built up and over stupidity, a group. Yeah. And stupidity, yeah. Like this is literally just human error that just, caused yes, such a exactly. Not even accident. hatred or anything. It's just stupidity. Yeah. It's just crazy to me. So at so April 17th and 30 a.m., the ship sunk. Next day, 2 p.m., divers try to enter the ship, but they end up failing to get past the cargo deck. When a storm with high winds and waves causes the rescue team to stop working soonly after. This same day, the vice principal who was rescued from this wreck just the day before. So the vice principal mm-hmm. from that ship died by suicide and left a note saying surviving alone is too painful when 200 lives are unaccounted for. I take full responsibility. And then he added a request that his body would be cremated and ashes spread at the wreck so that he quote might be a teacher in heaven to those kids whose bodies have not been found <gasps> oh my god oh my god he like probably blaming himself he's like i told everyone to stay I and i left to too yeah. like oh my god he literally said so i could be a teacher, teacher to them in, in heaven. heaven wow oh my god like we don't deserve teachers That's we don't insane. oh my god i can't believe a person said that Oh, and he wanted his ashes to be spread, spread at the there. Site. Spread there. Oh. So that happened the day after. Two days later, April 19th, a Navy petty officer aboard a rescue ship gets injured and dies. The Navy chose to just use remote underwater vehicles afterwards, one being a crabster robot. So they, like, literally stopped. Wait, so the guy got stuck down there and died? Mm-hmm. Damn. Yeah. Yeah. So, so this is ghost haunted. Already. This oh, is all haunted. Super freaking haunted. Yeah. Wildly haunted. Yeah. Um, May 6th, a team of private divers are contracted by the government to further explore the wreck to collect bodies. And one diver, Kim Juan Juan, gets injured. This injured diver testified later in court that the memories of handling the bodies caused him intense PTSD. And he ended up dying by suicide a year <gasps> after the hearing. Because he was too injured to continue doing dive work on the wreck and couldn't think of anything else. Like, he literally wrote, like, I'm so consumed by this. They probably, like, I feel guilty I can't get these children, but I can't. Yeah. Oh, my God. Isn't that crazy? This is cursed. This, this is, is so cursed. This oh, is my so God. It's like everyone who touches it. Oh, my God. Literally everyone who touches it. Like, these people are just trying to rescue, and they get so affected these dead children, by yeah. Of, I mean, seeing that many dead children, like... Oh my god, like seeing one, seeing a single one, I'm I'm gone forever a little bit. I'm broken off. Yeah, part of me's gone forever. Yeah. Let alone having to go get paid for my job, scuba dive under a ship and pull their bodies out. Oh my god. I, I don't even like I don't even want to think about that. I'm just so like sad for this. July 17th, so a month-ish later, a helicopter was sent to do surveillance over the wreck and it crashes into an apartment building and kills five people aboard the helicopter and injures someone in the house that they crashed into. Oh my God. Doing surveillance on the wreck. Like that was the whole mission. Oh my. I have nothing to say. Continue. Super haunted. <laughs> super haunted. Of all oh my the God. deaths and bad luck that preceded the wreck and the rescue mission, what is perhaps one of the most heartbreaking factors about this wreck is the way that the media handled it. What? The days of the wreck, April 16th, one news agency broadcasted that all the passengers were rescued. So they said that everyone was rescued. So the parents were like, yep. oh, thank God They're we're like, good. Oh, everyone's rescued. Oh, my Great. God. And then they later find out the their children are ever. dead. Gabby, like, you are the worst person ever. <laughs> Oh, my God. Yeah. So one news agency broadcasted this, and then all the others in the area took that story and ran with it. So all the news everywhere was that everyone was rescued. And so the these local, poor parents. The local police officers even texted all the family members that the students were safe. So if your kid was on, the police officer texted you going, your kid is fine. And they were dead. How horrible did those police officers feel? How horrible did they Wait, hit? how many kids end up dying? Are we getting to that? Uh, oh, yeah, we get into that. We get into that. Um, 
So that was awful. One news agency, the Chosun Ilbo, provided statistics and stated that 147 or 174 people were rescued, four had died, and 284 were missing. So they were like the only one that like actually gave numbers. The rest just said, "Oh my god." At 10 p.m. that same day, so April 17th of the wreck, a news agency confirmed that 14 were dead, and it wouldn't be until two months later that the actual deaths were confirmed by the government to be 294. Oh, my God. So, there was 294 deaths, right? Keep that in mind. Mostly children. There was 352 children above the ship. 294 deaths. Out of the 33 crew members, 22 survived. More than the two thirds of the crew survived when two hundred and ninety four people died. That's like is that's that the how most you know like, thing you've ever heard. That's they're telling them to stay so they can save themselves. Yeah, they literally yeah. and there weren't enough lifeboats and there weren't enough life jackets. Exactly. They told everyone to stay so they get themselves off and then we're children, like Children, not even adults. Yeah, they, children. children. They told the children to stay. I hope they go put to jail. I hope they go to hell. Like <laughs> I really hope yeah. they go. Out of the out of the four hundred and seventy six students and chaperones who boarded the ferry, two hundred ninety four, more than half, and mostly children, died. Oh my That's god! That's a sentence. What ultimately happened was a tragic combination of unqualified crew, callous captain, corrupt shipping line, and the way of the sea. Aww. The Coast Guard confirmed that the ferry's sudden starboard turn, combined with the overloading of cargo and the lack of ballast, caused its demise. So they were like, "Yeah, it was too fast." Did people steering um, die or they live? They lived. Well, fuck them. Fuck them. So that fuck was, them. Yeah, they killed right? children. They killed children. They they did murder children. Um, but if you know, there's anything to say about this story, it is notable that justice did occur. Thank fucking God at the end of all of this. And you know as much as I do, that is not something to take for granted. Yeah, it is so not. Yeah. Knowing this story, I really wouldn't have expected to. Regarding the shipping line that owned the ferry, Chahanajin, they lost their rights to operate ferries on the. Inchin Jeju route. Again, complete accuracy in our pronunciations. <laughs> the president and four other employees were arrested and charged for causing death by negligence. Good. That's cool. Good. Four others included. The former chairman of the company actually ignored the summons, went into hiding, and then the government offered $50 million and then $500 million for information about his whereabouts. He's actually still missing to this day. Shut up. But a body was found in a field in Seoul that was believed to be his. So, I don't believe it. He's definitely still out there. Yeah, 50-50. They said they he found definitely a body. Is. Fuck him. He could be still out there. Fuck you Fuck if you're out guy. there. Yeah. yeah, for real. But anyway, the president at least went to jail. So we've got That's cool. That. Some, uh, it's good that people are going to jail. People, people went to jail over this. The cowardly captain and crew, and that is the only way I will be referring to them, were also not forgotten. In Korea, it is against protocol and luckily illegal for a captain to abandon the ship during an emergency. Good. Which Captain Lee immediately did. Like, he ASAP got First off that boat ship. Off, I think he yeah. literally got off at, like, 10 a.m. and it sank at 10.30 and people started evacuating at 10.20. Damn. So, like, Fuck I'm, you. Was, like, super one of the first. Prosecutors sought the death penalty for the captain. Good. Yeah, that should have gone down with his ship. The court instead sentenced him to 36 years for negligence. Fuck that. Saying that he was not the only person responsible and that his negligence was not an intent to kill. However, the crew took plea deals and the chief engineer was arrested and charged for murder and jailed for 30 years. Which is kind of crazy that the captain and, like, the chief engineer have, like, the same amount of time. Well, I mean, the chief engineer... But he have... is in charge of the boss. Yeah. So I do, I do get I stand that. by that. Yeah, yeah. I get it, too. 13 other crew members. Honestly, it just feels so much more hardcore to me that the captain should go down with his crew. I like, that feels like... Death. I agree. I mean, I agree. I'm right here with you. Children. You know death. our opinion. <laughs> yeah, I do. Children's. We like, have a I hard stance on captains going down with their ship here. We know? have a really, really, we don't have a hard stance on really anything besides that. Yeah. I mean, we obviously do, but that's our biggest hard that's stance. That's my biggest, that's my biggest hill. Um, so, any hoodle, the crew, whatever, 13 other crew members were jailed under charges like abandonment and violation of maritime law. Good. At the sentencing of the crew, one woman was escorted out of the courtroom after screaming in reference, quote, it's not fair. What about the lives of our children? They deserve worse than death. Yeah. And I was like, yeah, Girl, I'd be right there with you. They do deserve worse than death. They do. Like they, they really do that because. They caused the death of innocent lives of children, and they honestly had the power to at least save some more. Yeah, Even save if they saved themselves, they could have stayed on a little bit longer. People got rescued in the water. They could have jumped into the yeah. water and given everyone the lifeboats. Yeah. Like, 
They could have held on to the lifeboat while they were in the water. Like, it wasn't that cold. Like, it was the summer, right? Like, they could have done this. Something could have happened. But... Anyway, public uproar caused prosecutors to appeal these charges, and in 2015, they changed Captain Lee's charges to guilty of murder and increased his sentence to life imprisonment. Good. So at least he didn't get time reduced, which is cool, like us Americans are used to. However, the court did reduce the crew's sentences, with the judge explaining, quote, We drew a distinction between Captain Lee Jun-suk, who has a grave responsibility, and the crew members who took orders from the captain. I mean, I get that, but Which still. is true, but I still... I and mean, again, they are still in jail. Good. Like, so, I mean, I'm with you, too. I think that they all deserve crime, but I do kind of they understand... If you're completely you unprepared... You feel like you get death. Yeah, I mean, yeah. <laughs> But do I do agree? Yes, they are just trying to make a living, and they are just—they didn't even have safety manuals. They have two minutes, and if you have two dollars training, yeah, two dollars training. Like, okay, I understand that. It's like the same thing with the truck driver. Not the same thing, but the same idea. The car truck driver, yeah, it is the same idea. So, from what I gathered, I think the reason that this wreck receives so much justice compared to other wrecks we hear about, like the MV Donna Pass, yeah. for example. Because remember, those people were traveling for vacation and they didn't and they get were, anything. They did have a lot of kids. They had a, they had a lot of kids. And that was families. Yeah. It was like all religious holiday families when the country was very yeah. religious itself. They didn't get anything. So, why do you think these people did? So, it's the same reason that anything receives justice or change. Rich, societal, influencing people had their children aboard because this was like a higher up school. Oh, okay. So, I yeah. think the reason it, it I was like a private school but it was like a better school yeah like uh, and people these people good like had yeah. power yeah people lived in good neighborhood dawson high school was near the bustling city of seoul which is one of the biggest and if not most wealthy city in korea politicians who in any way criticized rescue operations or mildly defended the incident were met with intense backlash and one politician even had to apologize publicly for an insensitive Facebook post that his son made about the public criticizing the government's response to the incident. Damn. So, like, he had that's to literally shame. go far, that far back to, to apologize. apologize. Yeah. yeah, that's how people, how seriously people were taking Good. it. Yeah. yeah, a large protest was made against both their prime minister and also a government broadcasting company that remarked that the number of people who died on the ferry were, quote, not many compared with the number of people killed in traffic accidents each year. What? Yeah. Like, and this wasn't even at the beginning. This was when 294 kids were dead. That's what they said. Oh, my God. They Fucking said more idiots. people were killed yeah. in traffic accidents. Can you imagine? Oh, like, my God. this freak accident happens, and they're like, why are you getting all up in arms about it? Do you know how many people die in traffic accidents? Yeah. Oh, my God. I would kill him. Like, I get it. The if public, that was my kid, I would kill him. The public backlash was so large that 10 days after that, South Korea's prime minister actually resigned from his post and apologized for the way the government handled the sinking. And that's what he said. He was like, I'm resigning because of the way we handled this. Well, yeah. When two or something kids die, you have to. Yeah. 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 But that's crazy. Think about school shootings we have. No president's ever resigned. But it's not for 200. It's not having to be a direct response. Yeah. I that's, guess that's true. Like, like, everything. Anytime a child dies, it's tragic and horrible. 200 children is unheard of. Yeah. That's insane. Like you said, that's why it's an entire high school. Yeah. I mean, yeah. It was like literally an entire high school. And it was on a school trip, too. Which yeah, is why school function. School. Yeah. yeah. Like, people were trusting their kids with them. Like, yeah. I, yeah, I get it. Damn, isn't that kind of sad to think, though? Like, so we need 300 kids to die for, like, a gun Some change to, to make. Like, yeah. That just is so Ugh. depressing, too. Oh, that's rough. I'm glad change happened. It's just, it's crazy. Um... Three years after the wreck, public opinion was still intense about the ferry, and the Shanghai Salvage Company began to raise the wreck. Raise the roof? Oh, God, no. (laughs) (laughs) And, like, actually, it was kind of cool the way they did it. Sadly, no ping pong balls. But first, they drained and pumped out the diesel, oil, and water from the ballast tanks. So they pumped everything out of the ship that they could. Then they resealed all the cabins and encompassed the wreck in a tall fence that prevented debris from drifting away. So they basically just, like, encircled... Yeah, to keep the, the bodies. Things. Yeah, it is to keep the bodies. A crane was brought in to lift the bow to put... Or, yeah, to lift the bow to put lifting beams under it. And then the cables were attached to these lifting beams with jacks that were able to lift the ship to be slightly above the surface. So basically these beams were pumped, like, water into them, and it yeah. slowly pushed the ship up while it was also being lifted. Oh, my God. Which I thought was really cool. I've never heard about that before. I mean, that is really cool. Good job, but oh, my God. Well, yeah, but, like, anyway, creative, good for the engineers. Um, sh- more passengers were discovered aboard after the ship was brought to land. So, yes, it was for the bodies. 
Honestly, I hope South Korea makes the ship a grounded museum so people can come see the destruction that corruption can do. Yeah. I don't really know what they did with the ship after this. They just kind of, like, basically, like, have it, like, half sinking, half up, like, kind of docked over. I think because, like, after they took everyone out of it. Yeah. Um, so, I don't know. I think it would be a good thing to make it into a museum so parents could have, like, a memorial for their children. Because right now it's just nothing. Um, and I think that the funding and support of places like this, especially with ships where these events seem so, like, detached from the daily grind of life is kind of, like, important yeah. to just understand. And a haunting quote by one of the people who survived sums up the incident. Quote, if people had jumped into the water, they could have been rescued, but we were told not to go out. And I think that's just a really good, like, quote from the perspective of, like, oh, my God, you got to do things when you don't even, when you're being told not even to do them. You're being instructed by the people who are supposed to keep you safe not to do it. And if they would just not listen, everyone could have survived. Yeah. Or if the people had more than $2 training, everyone could have survived. Yeah. It's just there's yeah. so many parts in the story where it doesn't end up with over 200 children dead. And that's the most infuriating part because there's so many places that they could have just been okay. Yeah. Because, like, when we listened to the Orang Medan the other week, it was like, I mean, I know that that story is kind of a ghost ship and you can't really count. But even just in instances where one thing happened, there was an explosion. Yeah. There was a fire. Someone tripped. Someone set that on fire. Yeah, someone did something stupid. But, like, that's one thing. Even, like, oh, all the food went rotten. Yeah. That's just, like, at least it's one thing compared to, like, we didn't have sails and the food was rotten and we had no crew and there was only dogs Yeah, around. and like, we only had matches, nothing else. Yeah, <laughs> like, they just had so many opportunities to save lives and they chose the cheaper and more corrupt way every single time and that's so disheartening and like you can't believe well luckily nothing like this has happened yeah but it's insane that it ever happened you know and although of course we all wish this happened prior to the incident a new division of government personnel marine accident specialists and general emergency specialists were created and they were given equipment to assist in marine accidents And also, new laws were passed for increased regulations and decreased opportunities for fraud and corruption. So, we'll see how it goes, but the government did make changes in response, which is, like, really all you can ask for. Yeah. So, for the palate cleanser at the end. Oh, my God. (laughs) There are two fun theories that, although obsolete, are still interesting to explore for the cause of the wreckage. So, here we go. Theory one. A professor of navigation at the Korea Maritime University believed that the sudden turn might have caused an explosion aboard, which quickened the capsize. And this has never been proved and has no evidence, but he thinks that something exploded. I think there would be evidence of an explosion. Yeah, there would definitely be evidence. Yeah, so like that's a cool idea, buddy, but like they're. I love wrong. This is a professor too. Like, like I'm concerned where you, like no, like, but where did your education get yeah. that from? I don't know. I like to think honestly that he was just too devastated to believe that like yeah. this could have actually happened. Okay, That's yeah. That's what I like. Secondly, the Coast Guard claimed that the ship had been struck or struck a reef during its turn. Which was quickly disregarded when the ship turtled an hour and a half later and had no hull damage. (laughs) I'm about to say, like, like, that would make sense, but I did see the bottom of the ship in a picture. Yeah, like, we saw it. It wasn't scratched. No, the the Coast Guard real quick was like, oh, no, it's no one's fault. Just Except for everyone's. Yeah. Yeah. So, anywho, all of our sources will be posted in the episode description. And as always, once you're safe on land, we hope you enjoyed this episode. Follow Maritime Laws and get wrecked with us. Woo!